Hey, Advisorist Nation, you're listening to the Advisorist Podcast, the most loved podcast for insurance and financial advisors worldwide that want to grow faster, increase commissions, and build a lifestyle you love. London to New York, Montreal to Munich, Austin to Australia. Shut down distractions, get focused, grab your notepad. It's time for Advisorist. Let's do this. Hi, this is Jeremiah Demery, founder of Advisorist, and it gives me great pleasure and really it's an incredible honor to introduce to you one of the hosts of the Advisorist podcast, Michael Levin. Michael is not only a personal friend, but he's one of the most established ghostwriters in the nation and a New York Times best-selling author who's written, co-written, or ghostwritten over 550 books, hundreds of them in the financial services arena, of which 18 are national bestsellers. There's, you would be hard-pressed to find somebody that hasn't been in more outlets than Michael. He's been on Shark Tank, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Politico, the LA Times, the Boston Globe, Writer's Digest, CBS News. I mean, the guy has even had his work optioned and made for film by Steven Soderbergh of Paramount, HBO, Disney, ABC, Frank Perry, and so many more. He ghostwrote for some of the biggest names in sports and business, including Dave Winfield, Pat Summerall, Howard Bragman, former Schwab CEO David Potrick, marketing legend Jay Abraham, NBA star Doug Christie, and the list goes on and on and on. And as the host of All Eyes on You, Michael will bring his unique blend of insights and wisdom as it relates to using books to get to the level of your dreams that you've always desired. They are one of the most powerful introduction tools that financial advisors and insurance agents can use today. I know when I got my book written, oh my, did the doors open up. And so that's why I'm so excited to have Michael hosting All Eyes on You as part of the Advisorist Network. Michael, take it away, my friend. Hey, it's Michael and welcome to the podcast. My guest today is Sarah Stratton. Sarah and I go back a long way. She worked with me for five years in my prior ghostwriting business, and she started off really as my assistant. By the time the five years came to an end, Sarah had become basically the chief operating officer of the business. She was really running all sides of the business. She was running the writing team, and she was doing the publishing, and she was handling the money, and she was talking to prospects, and she was being my assistant, and a thousand other things. And she was working 14-hour days, at the end, she realized this is too much. I had no idea how many hours she was working. And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. That is too much. And she realized that the thing that she loved the most out of all the things that she was doing in the business was the actual publishing of the books. She realized that there was a real gap in the marketplace for somebody to come in and do truly outstanding work, get people's books published beautifully, seamlessly, and literally in 60 to 90 days, sometimes far less, paperback, hardcover, interior design, cover design up on Amazon, and to do the whole process with total integrity, with the absolute highest standards, and with a professionalism and personal care that you can't find anywhere else. And she recognized from our experiences and our struggles at the company, finding vendors on the publishing side who lived up to that, both on the personal care side, and then also in terms of the quality of the work, 
There just wasn't anybody doing that. So Sarah started a company, which is called Redwood Digital Publishing in Costa Mesa, California. Sarah is the publisher that we recommend at Michael Evan Writing Company, at My Ghost Writing Company, to do all of our clients' books. And she is also the person who published one of my books uh, recently. She did her usual stellar job with that. So before I say anything else, I want to say that if you've got a book, you've got to go to Sarah to get it published. Uh, Having said that, I want to say, Sarah, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me, Michael, and what a wonderful introduction. Those were some great years when we worked together. That's really true. It was very, very special for me. It's very easy for me to recommend you on a personal, professional level to all the listeners because of our really outstanding time working together. So what I'd like to do today is to talk about the question of how people get attention for their books. If somebody's doing a book, from your experience, what are the secrets to making the book something that will get attention? And then once they've got it done, what do they do with it? That's a really great question. It's tough because, you know, in today's world, everyone's coming out with a book. Everyone has something that they want to say. It's about finding your market and then focusing in on that. I cannot stress how important Amazon has become for self-published and independently published authors. Amazon is really key. Getting reviews on Amazon unlocks the door for your book to be discovered by random visitors and buyers on the Amazon page. It allows Amazon to include your book as a suggested purchase. That's really the first step is hammering in on your Amazon reviews. It changes quite often with Amazon as they're writing their algorithms and redoing everything related to books. But as it stands now, getting at least 20 Amazon reviews means that your book will start to pop up as a suggested purchase when people buy books in a similar category or if they buy a product that is somehow related to your book. Once you hit 50 reviews and beyond, Amazon will start to include your book as a suggested purchase in marketing emails that they send out to Amazon users. So that's really key. And getting those positive reviews and driving people to your Amazon page is really where you as an author will see the most success to begin with. And then from there, it's really about maintenance, maintaining the Amazon page. So if you get editorial reviews or if you have a promotional video done about your book or you have been featured somewhere or you have a video of where you've been, where you've given a talk and your book was featured, make sure you're updating your Amazon author page so that it's constantly being refreshed with information. And then from there, maintaining your social media. So finding your group, whether it's on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, you don't have to do all three. You can pick one based on who your readers are and really finding someone who can keep that page going or you maintain it yourself. Okay, let's take those things one at a time. Let's start off with reviews. How do you get reviews? The first couple of weeks, I always recommend market to the people you already know, friends, family, your neighbor, your colleagues, anyone you can talk to and get them to get to Amazon and buy your book, read it, and leave an honest, not paid for review. That's the key because those folks want to support your book. They want to support this next step for you. 
So that becomes very simple and easy to do. And that kind of gives you a jump start because now you can have hopefully at least 10 reviews on your page. And then from there, you have to find your group. That's when you kind of roll into social media. Don't be shy. Post on Facebook. Find a group. Find a hashtag and hashtag your book. It really is so important to do that. This is how you stay relevant. So it takes a little bit of finesse and a little bit of time and you kind of move into the role of a salesperson instead of an author. But this is the way that you'll get your book noticed. When you're talking about business people, is there one social media avenue that you think more highly than others? Yeah, I think if you have a book that is a business book, your best options are likely going to be LinkedIn because that's where your like-minded readers are hanging out. And that's where you'll find people who will want to promote your book. And what do you do on LinkedIn as an author? On LinkedIn, you have to be careful because it's not like Facebook. So you're not just posting your thoughts every couple of hours. You're not posting as much personal content. LinkedIn really has to be geared towards sharing excerpts of your book. If you've written any blogs or your website or your business maintains a blog page, when that blog comes out, link it back to LinkedIn so you have a bit of that cross-promotion going on where you're promoting your blog and your website on your LinkedIn, and people on your LinkedIn will then go to your blog, to your website, see your book. That's the key there is finding professional content to post on LinkedIn. What about bestseller status? What do you advise your clients in terms of pursuing it or not pursuing it? I liken the bestseller status to a juice cleanse. You want to go on vacation. You want to lose 10 pounds really, really quickly. So you go on this juice cleanse for a week and you lose 10 pounds. For a few days on vacation, you look great. But because you're not maintaining that style of eating or not eating, I guess, the weight kind of creeps back on and you come back from vacation and you're right back where you started. That's essentially what a bestseller campaign is. It's not to knock it or say that it's the wrong direction. Many authors that I've worked with have seen success with it, but it's a quick fix. It's something that you work up to for one day of sales and you really, really, really push to get as many sales as you can on this one day. And then hopefully you've cracked the bestseller code for that one day and you become either a number one seller in many categories or you become just a top bestseller in that category. But if you don't maintain the page and you don't have folks go back to the page and leave a review or leave stars on your book, you don't update the page with editorial reviews, you know, anything on Amazon, then you just kind of bump slowly back down on Amazon's ranking. It's exactly like a juice club. If you want to keep the weight off and you want to maintain this great physique, then you have to keep going. So it sounds like you have to watch your waistline as well as your book sales. <laughs> yeah. So now you've got an author who's got at least 50 reviews and maintaining the Amazon page and is posting on LinkedIn. How often should that person be posting on LinkedIn? They should be posting, if not every day, at least every other day. One post a day is fine. It's not like Facebook where people are posting constantly all day long. You can save one post a day or every other day and be fine. It's not just about posting some content. It's about posting content that will 
drive people somewhere, whether it's driving them to your Amazon page or whether it's driving them to your Amazon page where there are editorial reviews, whether it's driving them to your website or your blog page or a contact form, wherever. It's all about getting them to click somewhere else. And then what happens when they click somewhere else? Well, it depends on where you want them to go. If you're having them click through to your Amazon page, you're helping them make a decision on whether or not they should be buying your book. So if you've got reviews on your page, you want to feature maybe a couple of reviews and get them to click over to read the rest of the reviews and buy the book. If you want them to click over to your website and read your blog, hopefully you have some kind of pop-up or email collection pop-up on your website that they will enter their email address into and you can continue marketing to them later on. So it's all about kind of collecting information and getting them to click through and visit other pages. Okay. Let's move away from social media and let's talk about speaking. How do you use a book to get speaking engagements? Using a book to get speaking is many authors' main goal. And you have to be okay in the beginning with realizing that you may not get paid for your speaking engagement. And that's okay. You should be using the book as a calling card and as a way to set up that next step and use it as a stepping stone, really. So your first couple of gigs may be unpaid and they may be at smaller organizations or they may be at local chamber of commerce events. That's okay. Use that. Go forward with that so that you can then put your appearances and put where you've spoken about your book, put it on the website, put it on your Amazon page, put it on your social media, and slowly but surely you'll be able to then approach larger organizations, larger groups, and hopefully sell them several boxes of your books that they can buy at a a wholesaler's discount and offer to attendees at the conference or at the event that you're going to. Sometimes people get distracted. They start off the book with one purpose in mind, that it's going to drive business to their financial services firm or help them sell long-term care insurance or help their position become clear to regulators or Congress because they've got a different kind of business model that needs clarification or they're trying to capture the culture of their business as it grows rapidly and so that new hires understand that this isn't just another job, that this is a very special place and here's why. So people come in frequently with very clear and smart ideas about where they want their book to take them and then they get caught up in how many sales am I making. Have you ever seen that? Oh yeah, all the time. It's a really good point because It's important to step back and not focus so much on the number of sales and really on the impact that the book will have or that the impact that the book is having on a much wider scale. I do have to have that conversation with authors a lot to remind them it's not just about you sold 50 books on Amazon this month, which is great. Of course, that's exciting. But if the goal in mind is to fly around the world and speak at conferences or companies, then that should remain the goal. The sales are just an added bonus. Yeah, eyes on the prize, right? Right, exactly. It's amazing how smart people can get caught up in that because if you're successful, there's part of you that's competitive. And you say, okay, I've got a book. By the way, I'm going to see how many copies I can sell. I'm going to ring that bell and make it a ongoing national bestseller. And what I always tell my ghostwriting clients is 
think about how much a new client is worth to you. And they'll have a number in their head, like, you know, for the first year or two, say $25,000 or $40,000. I'll say, okay, great. Now, how many books would you have to sell at 8 or $10 profit per book to make up for missing out one of those new clients? And they're like, wow, uh, thousands and thousands. It's just generally not worth it to try to – look, if you're going to make book sales by selling them from the back of the room – and, you know, a thousand people hear you speak and they all want to take a piece of you home. That's fantastic. That's great. But, and we love that because the cash register rings, you know, you sell a thousand books after your speech and that's $10,000 in your pocket. That's a good day at the office. But strictly speaking, focusing on book sales when you did the book for other purposes, not a great idea. No, not a great idea. And, you know, I, I get that question a lot when I talk to new authors before we start out working together They'll ask me, okay, we're going to design this book and we're going to publish it and put it up online. What do you normally see? What do your authors see for their ROI? How many books do they sell? You know, my answer is always the same. I say, well, most of my authors don't pay attention to that for the reasons that you've listed because for my authors, getting noticed and getting a new client, signing a new deal, some even want to write the book because they want to step away from the really long prospect meetings and they want to be able to hand the book to someone and have a shorter engagement, 30-minute meeting, and then bring them on as a client. They're saving time and they're getting their experience out there. That is so much more important to them than 50 book sales. Right. So it's about getting the message out. Okay. So we talked about speaking. How does the book help in terms of networking? What else can you do with a book aside from getting speaking and driving business? So I did. I just mentioned one. You know, you can send the book out to new prospective clients and show them who you are, what it is that you do in your business. That's one thing. You can use the book as sort of like a business card, honestly. If you go to events or you go to dinner parties, wherever you go, make sure you have a book with you because inevitably someone's going to ask you for the book. A couple of weeks ago, I met someone and he said that he never gets on an airplane without at least one copy of his book because he sits down on the airplane and he gets to talking with someone and he almost always gives his book away. So take your book with you everywhere. It is your calling card. It is your business card. Keep copies in your car. Take them on vacation with you. Take them everywhere. You would be surprised at how many people will be interested in reading your book once you start talking. That sounds very smart. What are the pitfalls that you see first-time authors stumbling into? What are the biggest mistakes they make with their books? The first biggest mistake is really that most authors that come to me, their books are done in terms of the writing. They're very eager to get the book out there and publish it and finish the design. A lot of authors will want to rush that process and get that done in two weeks or three weeks. And I always remind them, this is the last leg of the relay here. You want to go fast, but you don't want to trip over yourself. So it's hard because they're done with the writing and so they're feeling really excited and eager to get the book out there. So they want everything else to kind of happen very, very quickly. But you don't want to rush a design of a book. You don't want it to come back to you and you think, gosh, well, this looks crappy. And you don't want to rush your launch of the book or your campaign of the book just to get it out there by a certain day. You want to take your time so that you have time to build up to it Make sure you're securing people who can give you those Amazon reviews and make sure you're really going to be happy with the final product of the book. So that's the first thing is obviously go quickly because you don't want to sit on the book for too long, but 
don't go so fast that you end up being unhappy with the final product. That's really the main one is the rushing. And I would say from there, a lot of authors, if they don't want to step into this new role of salesman or saleswoman, that's when I see the other mistakes come in. Because if you just throw your book up on Amazon and sit back and kind of twiddle your thumbs and think, well, you know, I'll get the reviews and eventually people will see my book. That's just not going to happen. So you do have to embrace that new role and start to get comfortable with talking about your book and letting people know that you wrote a book. That is so important. And I see a lot of authors just kind of shy away from that or not even want to do that. Makes complete sense. And obviously, I see that also. It's not as though if you build it, they will come. You got to get it out there. You got to do right. Sarah, you talked about getting those 50 plus reviews on Amazon and maintaining a watch on the Amazon page, getting active with LinkedIn, posting daily if you can, keeping a copy with you at all times so that you can distribute it if you get on a flight or if you're going to a dinner party. These are just smart, smart ideas. So in the few minutes we have remaining, can you just sort of walk folks through what they can expect if they come to you for their publishing and why would they want to choose you to get the work done? I have a team of really wonderful designers. We've all come from the traditional book publishing world or the advertising media world. So you're getting really, really great seasoned experience with the design. So your book will look just like any other traditionally published book out there. No one will be able to look at your book and say, oh, this is independently published. They'll be able to compare it to books that are out there on the shelves by the big five publishers and just think it's another one of those books. That's the first thing that you'll get. The second thing is every book is very personal to me. I'm a total bookworm, book nerd. And so these projects really do become like my baby too. So I am there with you every step of the way, answering your questions, making sure you're making all the right decisions. So it's a very personalized touch and personalized care just because of how much care I also put into it. I think that's something that you probably won't find with a lot of other independent publishing groups. It's a 1-800 number that you have to dial into. You have a team assigned to you that you have to catch up every time you talk to them on the phone because they don't know what's going on with your project. It's not like that here at Redwood. You know, at Redwood, we all speak book and we all love books. So you'll always get that personalized care every step of the way. It's great. And I can personally vouch for the quality of Sarah's work and Sarah's team based on my own experience. She just published one of my books and based on the phenomenal experience she's provided for all of my ghostwriting clients. Sarah, how can people get in touch with you? They can just email me, Sarah, S-A-R-A, at redwooddigitalpublishing.com. They can also call me at 949-829-BOOK, B-O-O-K. It's 2665. I love that. Okay. Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time. And again, if you're emailing her, there is no H. It's S-A-R-A. So the H is non-existent. Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time. It's always my pleasure to spend time with you, and I'm very excited to see how successful you and your business have become. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, Michael. I've had a great time chatting with you. My pleasure. Okay, thanks again. 
Hey, Advisors Nation, are you ready to take your insurance or financial services practice to the next level? And are you prepared to fill your calendar with high quality appointments and bring so many leads that you get to pick and choose with whom you're going to work with? If yes, then be sure to check out Advisorist, a premium members-only community of insurance and financial advisors who are striving to excellence. Inside this community, you'll learn the strategies and tactics that most successful service providers are using, and you'll be able to implement them and see results faster than you ever thought was possible. Get all of the details here at advisorist.com forward slash membership. That's advisorist.com forward slash membership advisorist.com forward slash membership. We'll see you inside. You could be large